0: Right, Psalm one, and I particularly want to focus in on on some verses in Psalm one, which is um, verse three, which says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And with in our garden, we've, um, I'm not sure if they're oak trees or not, but there's these three huge trees. And and they go through this cycle, I guess, like all trees go through. And we notice around March, they go from branches to in one weekend, suddenly being full of leaves. And then in the summer, they block the sun from 11 o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon. And then when autumn comes, the trees are drop their leaves, the leaves wither, the leaves die, and the leaves um, drop. And it goes through this cycle. And the Psalmist is saying that the believer is not like a natural tree that goes through a cycle of sometimes it's got leaves and they're green and they're thriving and they look great and then sometimes they're drying up and fading and dropping. The psalmist is saying that the believer is like subject to a completely different supernatural cycle. And he's saying in this psalm, look, the believer goes through exactly the same experiences that everyone else goes through. The believer goes through the same circumstances, the same season, and Christians can experience grief and loss and have to process grief and loss, but the believer isn't subject to an inner decay or fading or leaves dropping in the same way that other people might do. And that's what this Psalm is unpacking. So it's leaves don't, don't wither and they don't drop and they don't fade and they don't shrivel. And I want to talk about, actually, how does this actually happen? How do, we, how do we not find ourselves subject to the same cycle as everyone else? Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.8 says that at times he felt perplexed. There were times for the Apostle Paul that he looked at life and he looked at circumstances and he looked what he was going through and he said, in all honesty, I don't understand. I'm completely confused. And then he said, but I don't despair. So he's perplexed, confused, he doesn't understand, but he's not in despair. In other words, when circumstances and seasons impact him, he doesn't completely lose his hope. And so that's the first thing to understand that we're a tree living in the same world as other trees, subject to the same things as other trees. Perplexed, confused, don't understand what's going on, but Paul says we don't have to despair. We don't have to lose hope. I remember reading—I um, don't know if you've heard of the the um, great preacher from, I think, 18th century, 1880s, Spurgeon, who. Amazing preacher in in the 19th century, had a huge church in London. Amazing man and amazing preacher, saw thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus. And he suffered from something called gout. You know, it's a kind of a leg condition, and his legs blew up. And he was stuck and bedridden for nine months. And in that season, he decided to write a commentary on all the Psalms. So he was in enormous pain and awful difficulty. And he wrote this amazing book called The Treasury of David on the Psalms. And David talked about Psalm 1 in, obviously, in the, oh, Spurgeon talked about Psalm 1 in that um, book. And he says, when we look at the word, we are a tree planted. And he, he says in his old English language, it means we're not a wild plant, that we're not just something that's grown up by the river and uncared for, unwanted, untended to. He says, no, the believer was planted by the river. In other words, the believer can say, my identity is I was chosen, I was desired, I was wanted, uh, I was placed by the river, by, by God, that we are chosen. And then Spurgeon in his commentary says, we are planted by streams of water. And he says, I want to draw your attention to the fact it's streams, not one stream. He says, um, many stream, one stream might dry up, but you are planted by streams of water, and we could say, yeah, in this season, one of our streams, as it were, has dried up. Like we can't meet together. You know, God says, don't um, cease meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. At the moment, we we're forced not to meet, and it's like a stream has dried up. But Spurgeon says, you have streams of water. You're a tree chosen, planted. And you have multiple sources of refreshment in me. And uh, Paul says, inwardly, we might be wasting away, but outwardly, or no, inwardly, outwardly, we might be wasting away, but inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. So I want to just talk a little bit more about that because uh, Katrina mentioned this book to me, which I know Tracy is you guys have been doing in the book club, Um, The Sun Does Shine. And I just picked it up yesterday. It's about a man who was falsely accused, sent to death row for 30 years and placed in a tiny prison cell of um, five feet wide by seven feet long. And he's about to be um, sentenced to being on death row and he gets an opportunity to appeal to the judge and, and give his side of things. And he said the most amazing thing. This is this guy talking in front of the judge. He's kind of fighting for his life. All these people are against him. They want to see him executed. And he gives this address. He says, and he's from Alabama, so I'll do my best to try and do the (laughs) Alabama accent. But he says this to the judge Might sound crazy, but I got joy. Even with. Leg irons on me. The joy I got, the world didn't give me, and the world can't take it away. And he says, That's a fact, Your Honour. I thank you for letting me have my say, Mr. McGregor. I'm praying for you real hard. Ever since I've seen you, you've been constantly in my prayers and I'm going to continue to pray for you. Wherever they send me, God can hear my prayers. Now, what would really make me worried is if you could isolate me from God. But you can't do that. You took me from my family, but you can't take me from God. I'm gripped by a couple of things in there. First, this is a guy who knows he's got streams he's got streams he knows he's got his family he's got friends those streams are being taken those streams are drying up but he's saying i've got the greatest stream that nothing can take be taken away which is this joy that's got nothing to do with circumstances you can lock me up he says that you can execute me you can incarcerate me you can put me in a small cell but you can't take away this joy because this joy comes from another stream. It didn't come from my circumstances or my freedom or my situation or even my justification in front of people. It comes from God. You can't lock me away from God. And it's obvious that we see when believers thrive, it's because they've understood they've got a source from another world. They've got a a sustenance from another world. They've got a joy from another world. The Holy Spirit, the person of joy. And so there's a sustenance that both sustains, keeps the leaves green, and there's a source that guarantees fruit. And throughout the Bible, there are different people in prison. We heard from Katrina last week that you can see on YouTube that Joseph was in prison and thrived. We see that Daniel was taken away from his homeland or from his people and he thrived. And we see the Apostle Paul in Philippians, in prison, thriving from a prison cell. Paul could say, look, Philippians, if I'm going to go on living in this body, and if I'm going to go on living, it's going to mean fruitful labor for me. And he's saying that from a prison cell. So Paul is saying, look, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of contentment. I know I've got streams. I'm planted by streams you can lock me up, you can execute me, you can keep me in prison, Paul is saying, if I stay, I will be fruitful. And I think that's a theme that you can find throughout the Bible of men and women when they suffered and they lived by faith, they connected to the one who's invisible. So the Apostle Paul could say, he would probably sit here in lockdown and say, you can lock me down forever. (laughs) I'll be fruitful. You can make me go digital forever. I will be fruitful. I expect it. I anticipate it. I'm looking forward to it. I can be sustained. My leaves are always going to be green because I'm planted by streams. I will be fruitful because I've been planted by streams. So I just want to conclude by just saying to to my own heart and to ours as we listen, don't grow weary in doing good. You will reap a harvest in due time. And Honestly, I don't really understand what's going on. I've got no huge big revelation or prophetic understanding. But I know this, that what I see in Scripture and what I see in history is that men and women who thrive actually have a very simple faith. What they do is they walk by the Spirit, they live in union, they remain in love, they keep delighting in God, they delight in his word, as the psalmist says, The one who meditates on the word of God, delights in the word of God, enjoys union with Christ and is obedient to Christ is like a tree that's drawing from that source. So, yeah, I just want to even just as we finish, just maybe spend a moment with God. And I I think it's almost saying a mindset that says I will be sustained in this season. My leaf is not going to wither. I'm not going to become unappealing. I'm not going to dry up and shrivel. I'm going to draw on Christ, and I will be fruitful, that even in this, I will be fruitful. And almost as a declaration, begin to say that over yourself, wherever you are, I will be fruitful. I'm going to draw on you. I'm a tree planted by streams of water. I anticipate, I expect your sustaining power. I'm confident in you that the world cannot take away this joy because it never came from the world. And so we draw on you, Jesus. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We say our roots are in you, Jesus. We're drawing on the streams that are around us. Even as one stream looks like it's dried up and will return, we've got streams, multiple sources in you. Amen.